God in His greatness, His holiness, His grandeur, loved the world so much that He that He came to this earth. He sent His Son. That child in the manger would grow and and then go to that cross, offering life for all of us, but only those that receive it will find peace. If you do not know Jesus, you will never know what peace truly is. Because it is not a feeling. It is a person. You're listening to audio from Century Baptist Church. To connect with us, visit centurybaptist.org or download the Century Baptist Church app. It's our text today. It's found in Luke chapter 2, um, verses 8 through 14. And, and the text that we're going to take a look at today is this theme that we've been looking at the last few weeks and into next week uh, are, um, is Christmas in stereo. We're surrounded by the songs of Christmas. Uh, if, if you weren't feeling Christmas, uh, I hope that after the last, uh, you know, uh, 20, 30 minutes together, that you're starting to feel Christmas. That was that was amazing. I don't uh, I don't know what uh, we've got planned for Christmas Eve, but that felt like uh, I mean we got some stuff to live up to. I think I might even have to sing. Uh, um, but uh, we're talking about being surrounded by the songs of Christmas, and and today we're going to look at the angel song and and that that song that they sing and, and the way in which they praise God. It's found in the midst of them visiting the shepherds. Next week, we'll dig a lot deeper into the shepherd's story. But for today, I want to talk about this peace that the angels are are proclaiming because we could probably all agree that not only are we living in a culture and a world today that that is in desperate need of peace, whether it's war that's going on or uh, people's opinions that they have against each other, but even more so... Uh, we need we need the peace within. During the Christmas season, we all know it really the, the the anxiety, the worry, the fear it amps up. All of the things that need to get done and the rushing around and college students got to finish their finals and 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 you've got to get kids to all their programs and you got to go to how many different office parties and it just doesn't feel like there's any time. You got to get gifts for everybody and on top of that you got to order gifts and you got to track those packages. Then you got to beat those packages. You got to beat your spouse home to make sure that that they don't find that package before you do. And now the news tells us that there's porch pirates stealing our packages off of our steps. Right. So it's. It's just this constant noise that's supposed to celebrate a season that's all about peace. It's chaos. We want to add to that and and, and we think about internal uh, concerns that we have, the worry that goes on in our mind that really doesn't have anything to do with Christmas at all, but what Christmas just kind of elevates. Maybe, Maybe we've lost a loved one over the last year. You You fear what it's going to be like to celebrate without them. Maybe there's a fear of losing a loved one. Whatever it is that's going on in our minds, we we need peace. Not just a feeling, but we need need somebody to rescue us and save us. If you are a parent, you've had small children, you have small children, you know that uh, you appreciate sleep at night. And so, in the middle of the night, 
two, three, four in the morning when you hear your child call, Dad! Like, oh, right? They, they need you to come. They've had a nightmare. They're scared. They're fearful, and they need you to, to show up. Sleep with me. Lay with me. When, uh, when Carson was really little, he, he loved uh, Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars, and he had this, um, this one particular yellow Nissan uh, 4Runner, uh, or Toyota 4Runner, is that what it was? And, and, and uh, he would fall asleep with it every night in his hand. And, and, you know, as a parent, you hear things, but you would hear that car drop on the floor, and you're like, oh, here we go. Mom! Dad! Even in his own sleep, we'd have to go and we'd dig around in the dark to try to find this car. And you'd, he had hundreds of Hot Wheels, so you'd just hand him one, and in his sleep, he'd, no! And he'd, he knew, and you're lying to him, and he'd throw it. So we, anytime we found that car for sale, wherever we bought it, we had piles of that yellow truck to just hand it to him. But there were often times when he would just say, will you sleep with me? And there's something about, we know that, as children, we know there's something about one of our parents just laying down with us. There's peace. We can rest easy. There's security in all of this. Like Linus, who, if you're familiar with the Peanuts characters, Linus had his blue blanket all of the time. It was his security. All of us have something that we hold on to, that we cling to, that seems to be, if we have that, I, I, there's protection there. there I, I, can, I can function. We're all a little bit like Linus because we know that we need peace so here we have the the scenario of these shepherds out in the fields of bethlehem there's a lot of commotion going on in the city as the census is being uh taken and and this group of of men are out uh, and not a part of the crowd and all of a sudden at, at night as it's i guess however quiet it could be uh it could be it is no longer a silent night as an angel of the lord shows up to them as we've talked about this the last few weeks this hadn't happened in centuries so there were no rumors what's it like when an angel shows up nobody knows the shepherds could tell you it's terrifying because if you if you were uh, had any knowledge of of history in those days scripture you knew that when the angel of the lord showed up he wasn't bringing good news. It was probably because you've, you've done something. And we, we read about it even in, when the angel of the Lord showed up to Daniel. Daniel was terrified uh, about it. So here this angel shows up and he has to speak the same words that he spoke to Zechariah and that he spoke to Mary. Do not fear. Easy for you to say, right? Do not, do not fear. And then he proclaims to them this incredibly good news that's actually what angel means in the original language it means messenger messenger of god when the angel of the lord showed up it meant that god was sending a message and you better pay attention because it was going to change your life and he says fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people breaking through not just for 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 the jews but for all of you, for the entire world, this is good news that I have for you. Can you imagine being, being that messenger where God the Father tells, says, I need you to go, you're going to go down to earth and you're going 
you're going to proclaim uh, some news. I think, wow, it's been a while. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. And you're going to tell people that it's time. The time has come for me to redeem mankind, to save them from their sin. All the chaos, all of the fear, all of what they're feeling is, is now going to change. God's putting the plan in motion. i got to imagine that that angel went quickly to declare peace. And it begins, as we just kind of break down what happens uh, with this song that the angels then declare. Um, they declare glory. From glory to glory. The glory of the Lord surrounded them. So the angel shows up. He, he proclaims this message. says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And he's not... Uh, Luke is not describing what's happening around the angels, like that the angels are glowing. He says the glory of the Lord shone around them. He's talking about the shepherds. They were engulfed in the magnificence of uh, the manifestation of the presence of God among them. I would imagine totally blowing them away. Yes, they would have been fearful. Because the presence of God is is in their midst, and again, nobody had ever had this happen before. Anybody that they knew, they read about it in the Old Testament when the glory of God would show up, huge things would happen, like giving people the Ten Commandments. As the glory of the Lord shone on Mount Sinai, it was fire and cloud that surrounded this mountain. When, When the glory of the Lord passed by Moses, so bright, so powerful, God said, first of all, Moses, you can't see my face. You couldn't even live if you would see it. Moses gets to see God as he passes by his backside. And when when Moses comes down the mountain, he's sunburned. That's That's how bright the glory of God is. In Acts 26, Paul is describing his conversion when when Christ meets him on that road to Damascus, and he he tells the king that he's talking to, I saw a light brighter than the sun that surrounded me and those who were with me. Amazing. Indescribable. It was brighter, brighter than the sun? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Don't you love to think about what the glory of heaven is going to be like? Because Scripture tells us that heaven has no sun. It doesn't need light because God's presence is there. To be able to experience just a taste of it is what uh, these shepherds had, and it had them shaking in their boots. Some translation says they were sore afraid, but the original text says they were frightened with a massive fear. Actually, the word that's used in the original language is mega. We get that, right? It just can't get any bigger. They're, they're, they were terrified. Never been scared like that before because it was just there. When I was in college, this is where my wife says, hey, careful. Uh, but I went to a Christian Bible college, uh, really small, lived in Banky Hall, two stories, this dorm. And, uh, and that dorm uh, was one that a lot of guys didn't want to live in because they were known for, we were just, they were just known for the pranks that they played uh, on one another. And I'm not talking about every once in a while. This was, 
This was every night. You slept in fear. We, we all had our own ways of, of rigging our doors so that they couldn't, they couldn't get open. And if they didn't get open, then guys that wanted to get in just decided, well, then we're just going to lock you in your room. And so, I mean, you, you lived it in, in fear. If you shook the key enough in any key in anybody's lock, you could pop that door open. And so uh, there was one of the things that they did was, uh, I say they, right? It, okay. But it happened to me, and it was terrifying. Uh, um, I don't know who invented this, uh, but uh, what would happen is guys would come in, usually in groups, because it was just so entertaining, and, and somebody would have two flashlights, uh, and, and they would get over somebody when they were asleep, and then another guy had a big pillow, and then when the lights would go on, everybody would yell, truck, and then the, somebody would just hit the guy that was sleeping uh, with the pillow, and it was, when those lights came on, if they only had one, it was train. You know, and so you just had this bright light, and then you knew uh, you couldn't even move fast enough. You were getting destroyed. The shepherds see this incredible light. What's about to follow? What's coming after this? And the angel says, Don't be afraid. I know what you're thinking, but I've got good news of great joy. The thing that takes our fear away is the good news that we can cling to, the gospel, the hope of the world. Good news of great joy. You know what that word, the word great joy is? It's the word mega again. You have mega fear? Well, now you're going to have mega joy. You exchange it. How do I exchange it? It's the news that I have for you. Today, in the city of David, a child is born. Your Savior, the Messiah, the one that you have longed for, and, and I love the exchange that he describes. You're going to trade your fear for an incredible amount of joy for what has, has taken place. The Savior of the world is born. And he says, so, so go to Bethlehem. And you're going to find a child lying in a manger. We'll get into this uh, next week on Christmas Eve. But it's the proof. And upon declaring this event, when, when the angel speaks, now all of a sudden, they thought they were scared when one angel showed up. Now all of a sudden, a multitude of the heavenly hosts arrive. Hundreds, if not thousands of angels to declare the greatest event that has ever taken place in all of eternity. The Savior of the world is born. And we get to proclaim it. And they proclaim it loudly. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Those His favor rests. So what we have, first of all, is a glory that surrounds them there on earth. It's the, the manifest presence of the magnificence of God in all of His holiness. And, and yet we also have another type of glory, and that is the praise and worship that is, that is only due the one who is holy and magnificent. And so the angels begin to sing. 
They begin to praise. They begin to give the highest honor and worship that they possibly can. And they proclaim it loudly. All glory, all glory goes to the one who sent his son, who came to this earth to bring peace. Revelation 4.11, the angels sing again, you're worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and praise, for you created all things and everything exists because you created whatever you pleased. You deserve all glory and honor and praise because, because you're God. You do what only you can do. And you've chosen to, to rescue humanity from glory to glory. And, and then it moves from, from the song that the angels proclaim from glory to, to favor, from, from God's greatness to us being chosen, being loved, being seen by God, receiving His favor, His good pleasure in us. Some translations say His goodwill toward mankind. But really, what it really says is peace on the, to those on whom God's favor rests. Remember that word favor, we've already seen it a couple of times in Zechariah. Mary, we talked about this last week. Mary, you, you who are highly favored, God chose to do something great in you and with you. Not because of anything that she had done, but, but God just said, you, I'm going to use you. Glory to God in the highest and peace on those to whom God said you. You're mine. You're my child. And if you accept this message, if you accept me, the Savior of the world, as your own, you will gain peace. It's available. Will you receive it? But God, it was His goodwill, His favor to us. The God of the heavens, the God who created all things, chose to bring redemption to us. who We don't deserve, we know that. We don't deserve it. He chose to cure mankind of this plague of sin and death. And one of the, my favorite verses, Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, He died for us. He chose to show us favor. His goodwill. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anybody who proclaims this, that Christ is Lord, recognizes Him, is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this from a God who, through Christ, reconciled Himself to us. His choice. Not counting our sins against us, Paul says. His decision. And this incredible news is for all people. God desires that nobody should perish. No one should live apart from Him. However, Romans 10.13 says, but only those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 
The only way to gain peace is to know Christ. The only way we can know Christ is through God's grace in our lives. We receive it. We accept it. And then we run to that manger to see what it is that God has done for us. God in His greatness, His holiness, His grandeur, loved the world so much that He that he came to this earth. He sent His Son that that child in the manger would grow and, and then go to that cross. Offering life for all of us, but only those that receive it will find peace. If you do not know Jesus, you will never know what peace truly is. Because it is not a feeling. It is a person that God sent to this earth to rescue us and redeem us. Peace comes through an action that has been done for us. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't please God enough to get it. We can't work hard enough to gain true peace. True peace only comes from the favor of God. It's a gift that we receive from God to lowly man. And if you receive it, you will, you will gain peace. From God's favor comes our peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. The only way God's pleased with us, Scripture says, is through Christ. Because we cannot do anything to gain God's favor. It only comes through His Son, Jesus. So do not be afraid, for I bring you good news. The Gospel. The angel was the first evangelist to tell people about this rescue of mankind. Genesis chapter 3 is when we first find a lack of peace in the world. It doesn't take very long. God creates the world and it is good. Creates Adam and Eve, puts them in the garden. It's good. God says, this is for you. Enjoy it. Just don't eat of that one tree. Because God loves enough that He gives man a choice. Are we going to choose God or are we going to not choose God? And then what happens is Satan, the enemy, comes along and says to Eve, like, hey, how's it going? Uh, you talked to God lately. What did He say? Oh, He said we can't eat of that tree. Why can't you eat of the tree? He must be holding out on you. Well, he says, if we eat it, we're going to die. You're not going to die. And, and in that moment, can, can you imagine, in that moment, all of a sudden, maybe some anxiety starts to, to build in Eve. Distrust is there. And, and now, can you imagine how her mind is swirling? Never known this before. There was no truth and a lie. It was just, it was just everything's truth. God, this is what God said. He's lying to you. And, and she's so caught up in it that, well, yeah, I want to I have the wisdom of God. I want to I know. And so she eats of it, and Adam eats of it, and God comes along, and, and God discovers upon this that there's a lack of peace. Why are you hiding? Because they, they realized they were naked, and they were full of shame, and they had guilt. 
And all of a sudden, their daily walk with God that was so peace-filled wasn't there anymore. Because sin had entered into the world, and there were consequences of that sin. Not just what came upon them, upon knowledge of their sin, of, of the fear and the shame and the guilt and the hiding and not getting that time, that presence with God because now they're separated from Him, but God then lays down the law for them. He says to Adam, from now on, what you eat and how you survive is not going to come easy for you. Death comes in. There's going to be weeds. You're going to have to work the ground hard in order to survive, in order for your family to survive. God says to Satan, says, there's now, there's now going to be hatred between you and mankind. A blood feud is going to always exist, really the words that he uses, between man and the enemy. And they move from resting with God. And what they had that was perfect, being tossed out of the garden living lives separated from Him because that's what sin does. It's rebellion against God and it brings disorder and it brings chaos and it starts in our souls. Our selfishness. Our own desires of wanting to be God. Wanting to, to think that we know what to do is better than what God says. But in that... In, in that punishment that God declares to, to man and to the enemy, He warns the enemy, watch out. Because one will come from the woman that will crush your head. There's a proclamation from the beginning of time that there is one who will come that will bring order, that will bring peace. So you can imagine why the angels are so ecstatic to, to, to praise God. Because... Somewhere in the heavens, at some point before the fall of man, there was, there was disobedience to God by some of the angels, and they were cast down. So you have to imagine that when the angels that go and get to proclaim what God is doing to, to fix all of this, how much joy there must have been in that proclamation that the Son of God was born, the way to defeat sin and all that comes along with it is to, is to accept Christ. To recognize who He is. And to follow after Him. And it will drown out all fear. And it will bring peace. Now, I know, you, well, it, but is we understand that Jesus takes care of our sin problem, but what about my family problems? What about my education problems? What about my job problems? What about my personal problems? I think we have to go back to the words of the angel, fear not. Fear not. Because I bring you good news. And it's the greatest news ever. And, and when we accept that and we keep our focus on that, that that the worst that could ever happen to us would, would be to be separated from God for all of eternity. And if He can fix that, 
He can give us peace in all of the other situations in our life. He might not do what we want Him to do, just just take care of all my problems. He says, I already have. What I want you to do is to trust me in the middle of all of it. This whole world could pass away. But if we have Jesus, we have everything that we need. We lean into that peace. And that peace that we have in Christ will guide us through all of our other situations. We need to cling to Him. Isaiah 9, 6 was a prophecy. Unto us a child is born. They were longing for it. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father. He will be called the Prince of Peace. The one who brings completeness to the world. The one who brings restoration between man and God. The one who fixes everything. Cling to Him. John 1.12 says, To those that receive Him, to those that believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Without Him, we're children who are lost in our fear. But to those that call out, Dad! He comes to us. We can rest knowing that, that He's with us. He's proven it through His Son, Jesus Christ. Do not fear. Good news of great joy. There is security in the Father. This past week, I was... Uh, I, th- I always feel like I, like I kind of know these little trivia bits and, and the ins and outs of things. I see things, whether it's on TV or in music, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I missed this one, and it took my mom and my sister to tell me about this. Because they asked, what are you preaching on this Sunday? And I said, I'm actually going to use the Charlie Brown scene at the beginning. And, and, and my mom thought I was really smart because she's like, oh, I, yeah, because of the blanket, right? And I'm like, what? I didn't know this. But, but if you, you can do this when you watch this with your family this week. But if you go back and you watch that scene again, Linus comes out with his blanket. But as he proclaims, fear not. I bring you good news of great joy. He, for the first time, Charles Schultz was a believer, right? He followed Jesus. For the first time, you watch any Peanuts show, it's the only time that Linus willingly puts his security down when he proclaims the peace of Jesus Christ that has come to this earth. For us today, I I would just say to all of you, what do you need to put down to prove to God, I'm not afraid anymore. You can have me, all of me. I cry out to you. Jesus, would you give me peace? Second Thessalonians 3.16, may, may the God of peace fill you with his peace this Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you more and more each day. Your word, God, is beautiful. We have We have read this text every Christmas. But Your Word is living and active and it is always fresh. And Your Spirit always at work. And today, Father, each and every person in this room has heard, I trust, what they needed to hear to draw them closer to You. 
We praise you, God, for this life that you've given us through your son, Jesus, that we didn't deserve. And so we make this commitment that we will, we will strive to live into the gospel, the good news, that unto us a child is born and we can live in peace. Amen. Let's stand and close in worship.